You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Good morning, Eastside. It's been a long time. I was going to get up here and say, you know, the last time I was here it was all emotional, and now I get to get up here and be real firm and solid and confident, and then that. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Yeah, that, that's very special. Thank you so much. Very humbling. Sure good to see everybody. I'm trying to get around and say hi to everyone, but you all scatter out so much. Just getting a long line, it'd be a lot easier to go by and say, hey, good to see you again. I know we have some first-time visitors here. Um, I saw some folks coming in a while ago. And I just want to say to you, if you're visiting for the first time, please come back and hear Brother Jet. You really want to hear him preaching. You'll be blessed and highly encouraged. But um, So let me just say it's really a blessing to be back. I know me and my wife are um, blessed. Um, to, uh, to be back here today, for not necessarily for the reason that we came back for, and I'm trying to find Roy, right there you are. Um, so it was, an, it was an honor to be able to have a part in uh, Nancy's um, memorial service, and uh, I was really blessed by what Roy had to say and some of the family members uh, about Nancy. And I, I've got an idea, if you were in our church for very long at all, um, all of us could say, well, some of you would say, I just didn't know her because Nancy was so quiet. Um, unless you served with her and then you'd say, what a servant and what a humble lady that loved the Lord. And it was a, really a, a blessing to have part in that, Roy. We love your family. It's good to have seen all of the whole crew there. Um, and uh, we got to go online and watch the Church Planters Conference, some of that. Uh, that was really a blessing to be able to, to see that. I don't know how many of you were able to participate in that or not, or be here or see it or, you know, log on and see it. But it was, that was huge. That was such a blessing for me to, uh, to be able to see that. Um, and it sounds like they're going to do it again next year. And boy, it was a great success. And then to look around, I mean, this is COVID. Do you guys know that? We're in COVID and you're all in church and everything. This is awesome. It's good to see a great crowd here this morning. That's a real blessing. And um, so I'm, I'm looking around, seeing some uh, little subtle changes that are very good. I love what I see and what I hear from the people here. You know, every now and then I will get a text or something comes in from, I don't know all the ways people contact us. Is it Messenger? Um, and a bunch of different things. I don't tweet or any of that. But people will say, uh, you know, preacher, things are going so well here at the church. We're so excited what's happening. And then it's cute to me because they'll say, oh, and we miss you too. Uh, You know, (laughs) I'm like, you don't need to say that, man. I know things are going so good here. And I am, I can't tell you how exciting it is to me uh, to see how the Lord has used um, Brother Jet. And of course, everybody knows behind uh, very successful man stands a surprise mother-in-law. I know we, we know that. Amen. But, but, 
But uh, Miss Aaron has done just tremendous here, and, and Yvette and I are just thrilled. It's just, isn't it such a blessing to walk in and see what's going on? And uh, it's really encouraging to us. And um, so I'm trying to be conscious of the clock here. So El Paso, Texas is part of America. <laughs> I know it may be confusing to some, but um, <clears throat> it's hot down there. It's really hot. And um, I'm, there is some grass to mow. Um, I have about 12 blades growing in the backyard. And, that has doubled since we moved there. And, but I have mowed at 108 degrees outside. It's just, it's just a whole different environment. Right now it's starting to cool down. Some of my favorite lines from the weathermen and the ladies that are um, weather casters, whatever you call them. Um, I will never forget last fall, they put out this big warning. Uh, warning, there's a cold front moving in. It's going to dip down into the 50s. And so I don't remember what all they said to do. Not leave your dogs out long. I'm seriously, they did say that. Don't leave your dogs outside long. And okay. So it's been a little bit of adjustment. I I really, really miss the herbicide commercials up here. (laughs) Not, I mean, all those fertilizers for your uh, field and so forth. And um, before we get into this this morning, I just want to tell you that I, being where we live, I've learned a little bit of Spanish. I know the picante. Somebody know what picante means? That means really hot, really hot. And um, so I have, it's just, they just, I mean, I went out to eat with a guy and he it was breakfast, and he asked for. He asked the waitress. He says, "Can you just bring me a raw jalapeno?" And I'm looking at this guy, and um, so he gets it. And he takes it in his hands, Juan, and rolls it like that. You know why they do that? To break up all that inside, so it's hotter. And he just takes that and just bites it off. And uh, I mean, honestly, I would swear their hot sauce is like kerosene or gasoline or something. I, I have literally burnt my tongue off. It's just, but, but being down there, you'll learn some Spanish lines. And some of my, some of my favorite lines are, please pass the enchiladas. Are there any more tacos? (laughs) That's my, uh, that's the extent of my uh, uh, Spanish learning. So anyway, once you find your place in your Bibles, we're in Daniel chapter three, a very familiar story to us here today. It's good to see so many familiar faces that are still here, still faithful, and it's a blessing. Daniel chapter 3. Again, we'll, we'll be very familiar with Daniel Danny and the lion's den, some other events that were major and took place here in the, uh, the book of Daniel. Let's see. I know I, I related a story here many years ago, but if I can kind of head up what we're going to be talking about here today. Okay, Eastsiders, you, those of you who've been here a while, you'll, I know you've heard this 20 times, but there's some new people here. 
that I want to tell this story to. So uh, when I was a kid running around our neighborhood, all the young boys, we just ran around the neighborhood without any shirts on. And so um, we were at my neighbor's house and we'd gone in to his house for something. And, and uh, his mom uh, had got the ironing board out and had set the iron. She pulled it out of the closet and was going to set the iron on the ironing board, but it was fresh out of the closet and it was cold metal. And she just touched it to my back and I hollered. And my friend Bobby thought that was the funniest thing in the world. And um, so she plugs it in and turns it on. And about five, 10 minutes later, Bobby remembered what his mother had done and thought that was so funny. And he picked the iron up. And when I turned my back, pressed that iron against my back. You could almost hear the sizzle, but you could read sunbeam backwards on my back and read literally see every little steam hole and the outline of the iron. And you could not lay. I could not lay on my back. I lay on my stomachs uh, for um, weeks till that healed up. And mom would try to put salve on there to try to take the burn out of that. And I remember how badly that burned and, uh, and hurt for a long time. I don't have wrinkles on my back now. Uh, those are all gone, but um, ironed them right out. But there's hardly anything that's gonna take a burn out of that. You, you know, they say vinegar and all this salve, it's just gonna burn for a long time. It's hard to find something to take the burn out. I wanna to talk to you this morning about, just share with you a message about how to take the burn out of the fire. If you're familiar with the book of Daniel, you'll probably kind of get your mind going to the place in scripture where um, an event takes place where there's fire and there's burning. So in, if you had taken the time to read chapter two, Daniel had interpreted a dream of Nebuchadnezzar and reveals to him that he, Nebuchadnezzar, was the head of all the Gentile world leaders and that he was, Nebuchadnezzar was represented by this head of gold. Now just think about being told that. You're a world leader and you are the head of gold of this huge image. And I, I've got an idea, it went to his head. We find him in chapter three, some 19 years later, having set up a 90 foot tall golden image and he wants the world to bow down to it when they hear the orchestra play. That's the quickest way I know how to say all those instruments. Um, so the consequences to not bowing to this 90 foot image was that you remember, if you won't bow to this image, you'll be cast into a burning fiery furnace. So in our text today, we find three men of purpose who would not bow, namely, and you could give me their names like I will, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we find the king just furious at these men. Why will you not bow down to somebody like me? I'm the world leader. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the high and mighty one, and he's very, very upset. And this is where we pick up in our story today, Daniel chapter 3. And if you'll start with me in verse 15. And it says, now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of thee, and here we go, the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. 
But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not, I love this, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Uh, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Has anybody ever gotten too close to the bonfire? Have you ever held a a marshmallow or a hot dog too long over the flame and your your hands begin to burn because you were too close to the fire? Look in verse 22. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. He answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the most high God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. Now, guys, we've heard this in Sunday school so many times. We've read it so often. We can almost yawn through these stories, can't we? But think about what just really happened. Hey, you guys, come here. Okay, we'll come walking out of the fire. No, it wasn't like that. It was an astounding event. Verse 27, and the princes, governors and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. I love that little phrase. Nor was an hair of their head singed. Anybody ever singe your hair before? You ladies with those curling irons? That turn into burning irons. Uh, no water talking about. It's a stinking smell. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language would speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made in dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver 
after this sort. Can we say amen to that? Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now let me pray and I'll share these thoughts with you today. Thank you, Lord. It's a blessing to be back here at Eastside again, but most of all, to be in the house of God and to be able to share in a service where we would praise and honor the Lord. I pray, God, that you would be honored in what is said and done here today. As many have already said many times before, God, help me to say everything that needs to be said, but please hold my tongue from what should not be said, and we'll give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you can listen carefully to 1 Peter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Don't think it's strange when a, a fiery trial comes your way. So I wouldn't have to push too hard for an amen for something said like this, that every Christian faces the fire at one time or another in their life. You don't have to run too far in your memory for each of us to be able to look backwards and remember some pretty tough and difficult times. And um, the thought today is not if we face a fiery trial, but when we have faced our, or when we will face a fiery trial that is going to come our way, either to uh, a church or to a family or to you as an individual. And I have no doubt, I appreciated all the smiles and the handshakes that as we were coming in. And guys, I don't know if you shake, bump fists, or just smile and wave. So if, you, if I come at you with a handshake, just, just wave at me, okay? But, but all of you smiled and seemed like it was a great day today. But I know that behind many smiles is sometimes a heavy burden and a a heartache, something that you're going through. It's a fire that if you would just be honest, and we all had the time to share, uh, many, no doubt, possibly even today are going through some very difficult times. So let me just mention this. If you're going to take the burn out of the fire, you have to come to a place where you can say with great confidence, several things that stand out to me, like a burning lamp here this morning. So if you're going to get the burn taken out of your fire, if, if your, your heartache is, is, is heavy and you just can't seem to get past some things, can I just mention to you things that the Lord has shown us here today? You've got to be able to say with great confidence, number one, our minds are made up. Verse 16, if you go back there in chapter three and look there in verse 16 and notice again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed. Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. I don't know if you've got space and maybe I've encouraged you in the past to do this. And some of you may have written this already in your Bibles. But, but if you like to jot little notes down, I would encourage you to write beside verse 16. Our minds are made up. Our minds are made up. We've made a determination and we know what we're going to do. So here's what they just said to the king. Remember the wording, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Or we don't need any time to decide what we're going to do. 
Uh, and I've heard it explained a lot of different ways. In other words, thanks for allowing us a second chance, but we don't need it because our, our minds are made up. If you thought that you giving us a second and a third chance would cause us to maybe stop and think about what are we going to do in a case like this, you can forget that because long time ago, we got some things settled in our life and our minds are made up about these kinds of matters. I, I, I love that. It's the kind of thing that will, while you're in the midst of that fiery trial, that will help remove the burn of the fire. Doesn't take you out of the fire necessarily, but it helps take that burn away. Just like Daniel, they'd already, remember Daniel had purposed in his heart that he would eat the meat of the king's table. They had already purposed in their hearts what they would do if this kind of pressure was ever placed upon them. So there was no confusion on their part what to do with this circumstance. In other words, they were not careful. Oh, what should we do about this? They already had their minds made up. I, I wish we could all get to that place in our Christianity where we come upon those circumstances that are difficult and we are struggling and uh, we have to stand there sometimes and think, wonder what I should do in a case like this. We got to come to that place where you get your mind made up. Um, this was something that was resolved early in their Christian life. It's what every Christian needs to get settled early in their walk with God. We need to make our minds up about compromise right now because that's what it was all about to them. It was about, do we give up and do we not, if you missed uh, Sunday school this morning, I want to challenge you guys. You need to be coming to, coming to the Sunday school class about worship. That's, it's going to be a great series. Have you been in it for a while already? Three weeks. So there's several more to go on how to worship a holy God. And uh, you've got to determine that when you come to a place where you've got to make a decision, do I continue to walk with God? Do I continue to keep my testimony strong? Do I continue to let the world around me know where I stand? Or is this one of those places where I just kind of give in and, and you know, everybody's watching and their eyes are upon me. What's my family going to think and say about me? They already criticize me enough the way it is. What's the guys at work going to say about me if I, if I go ahead and take this stand for God? You know, that's such a dangerous place for Christians to have to come to is to find those places in your life where you realize I've never really made a rock hard decision about these kind of things in my life. And here I am teetering about a decision about uh, maybe some young person in here today. Am I going to go ahead and do what the other young people are doing today? Or do I take a stand for God like is preached at church or my mom and dad are trying to say, I am so grateful that those three young men stood up and said, you know what? We don't have to stand here and try to determine what am I going to do about this. Before we ever came into captivity, we determined our minds are made up. I'm going to make a choice. When those circumstances come up before me, we're going to serve our God. So put us in the fire or not. Let us be embarrassed by our family or not. Let the people at work think that we're weirdos or not. We are going to serve God. I'm not going to bow down like you want us to do. Everybody's probably come upon those temptations and something you'd already worked on, something you'd already really gotten with the Lord and already worked on 
what would I do in such a circumstance? And that temptation came and, uh, and it worked on you, but you already knew that there's no question what's going to happen here. If you hadn't made the decision earlier, please hear that. If you had not made the decision earlier, who knows what you would have done teetering out there with that great decision that was before you. <clears throat> I mean, let's just be honest. Look at your life today. Uh, I have to do a little inventory of myself every day. And let's just look at our lives and answer the question, have I, came to, have I come to those places in life where a decision had to be made and I did not want to be embarrassed? I, I did not want to give in and let everybody mock and make fun or whatever the consequence might have been. Maybe even get fired. And I gave in and I walked away. Now I'm here in church today and I'm here trying to serve God and worship. But if everybody knew the truth about my heart today, there's a hollow place in my heart. There's a cavity that I lost something on that day. And if I had only determined, if I just sat down with the word of God when God had convicted me or when the word was being preached and and I knew God was trying to deal with me about that subject. If I had only made the decision and made my mind up then and there, I, maybe I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I am so thankful we serve a God of the second, third, and fourth, and fifth chance. And that God would look into that cavity in your heart and say, I'll fill that spot in your life today. If you'll let me be the one who is the decision maker for your life and not your emotions. Let me just make this comment. Spur of the moment decisions, snap decisions about whether or not I'm going to get involved in a questionable activity usually end up in great disaster. If I have to make this snap decision, oh man, now what are we going to do about this? Um, that's why they, at the store, they, they try to pop things up. This is a special, only lasts today or McDonald's has a special on that's, uh, you know, for a limited time only. Oh, man, I better get it then before this goes away, you know. Um, those snap decisions usually end up not good. And when you are standing and, and you're with a group of friends or peer pressure is heavy on you, or you're standing in front of the fire and you know if I make this godly decision, I'm going to face the fire somewhere. Snap decisions usually don't end up too good. That's right. yeah. So get it settled now. Yeah. Amen. Just determine now. If there's things that you're teetering on in your walk with God and you know, if this thing came up before me today, I know I'm weak in this area and I know that there's areas that I would probably stumble and fall and feel so bad about. Well, friend, get your mind made up today. If you want to know how to take the burn out of the fire or do you enjoy that burn do you enjoy that heartburn of what it feels like to know that you walked away from a holy God and compromised on his word? And I know I'm just missing something now in my life. It's just not the same as it always ever used to be. If you enjoy that, I guess, and just go on. But there's a way to take the burn out of the fire. That is to get your mind made up today. Have you ever just sat down and thought about what would I do? If I were confronted with, approached by, these things come to me. You remember when Joshua was trying to get Israel to either serve God or go on back into the world? Remember his challenge? Uh, Joshua 24, 15. 
And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, listen to what he said. He said, I know what he says. Well, but listen, choose you. What's the next two words? This day. In other words, I'm tired of watching you guys day after day after day grow slack and whether or not you're going to go ahead and conquer the enemy and, and take the land. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, here's my decision, he said, we'll serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. So what was Joshua saying? I, I believe he was saying, my mind's made up now. Now you guys make up your mind who you're going to serve. Make your mind up. So to dads and moms, and I can say to our teenagers here today, if you want to take the burn out of the fire, you need to make some heartfelt decisions today. You need to be able to just stand and say, our minds are made up. When your little kids are standing before you saying, mom and daddy, why can't we do this? Why don't we watch that? Why can't we go down with those friends? They need to know there's a mom and dad that's made some godly decisions and they can look up to and respect a mom and a dad that way. Not waver in their own convictions as they begin to grow up and they're faced with some pretty tough decisions. How do you take the burn out of the fire? You got to be able to say our minds are made up. But then number two, you got to be able to say our God is able and mean it. Look in verse 17. Verse 17 said, if it be so, our God, if you're going to go ahead and throw us in the fire, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Now there's a lot that needs to be said about that. In answer to Nebuchadnezzar's earlier question in verse 15, go back up to the very last phrase in verse 15. And who is that God, Nebuchadnezzar says to them. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Well, we know who that is, amen? Amen. So did Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So in answer to Nebuchadnezzar's earlier question there, so if God allows us to be cast into the furnace, here's what they're saying. We just want you to know that our God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us either from death or in death. But one way or the other, God's going to deliver us. So throw us in the fire. God can put the fire out or God can leave the fire going and and protect us and keep us from even getting singed in the fire. Our God can do that. Or our God can let us burn up in the flames. And the next thing you know, we're standing in heaven, free from all the bondage and everything else. I mean, if anybody remembers John R. Rice, a long time, old time evangelist, a guy came up to him on the street and put a knife to his belly and said, give me all your money. John Rice looked at him in the face and said, son, you can't threaten me with heaven (laughs) because that's where he was going. I won't take your life. Uh, Okay, I'll just go on to heaven. And These guys had it settled that our God is able one way or the other, and it doesn't matter to us 
we're going to serve our God. Our, our mind's made up. We're going to go ahead and serve our God. So whether God wants to deliver us miraculously here or just send us on up into heaven, our God is able to do those things. There's nothing short from God's hand. So the three Hebrew children served notice that they had a God that can deliver them from the burning fiery furnace. That's not a problem. Well, let's follow them as the soldiers take them to the door of the furnace and they're thrown in. The soldiers are, excuse me, deep fried as they throw them in. Uh, But as the king looks into the flames, he's puzzled by a fourth man. That's puzzling to me. Number one, those guys are still standing in there. Nothing seems to be wrong with them. And now there's a fourth man in the fire that he sees and he's walking around freely with the three children all unharmed. You have to just stop and imagine what what that would be like and what people would be thinking. And it's just just an amazing thought to to realize. I remember we were at a bonfire and and a mouse came running out of the bonfire and one of the men of the church I was in at the time grabbed the mouse and looked at it and trying to decide how he was gonna get rid of the mouse. He just looked to make sure no women were watching and he just flung it into the into the fire. All you heard was this little zzz. That was, that was about it. And you would think guys standing in a huge fire, seven times hotter than ever before, would just be burnt up instantly and see that those men walking around. And then the fourth guy just, it's such a stunning story. What a picture for us to be able to see. Is everybody still awake? What a picture for us to be able to see and recognize that when I do get into my fire, God's always there with us. Amen. He just is. Well, I'm afraid to make that rock hard decision. I, I'm afraid to decide that I, I, I'm not going to be a compromiser at work or with my family or with my spouse or children or whatever it might be. Because, you know, the fire, I just hate being in the fire. Listen, God's always there with you. Jesus Christ said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will walk with you. Whether it's on a mountaintop or in the flames of a fire, I'm going to walk with you today. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful example of that. I never forget the story of the martyrs. And I I know I've told it here before. And some of you heard um, Brother Mike Gass, I think was his name, or one of his, or his brother was given a Baptist history here. And he told about some of the Baptists that just would not compromise. And they said, if you don't uh, submit to, I don't remember what, what it was. If you don't renounce uh, immersion, uh, baptism by immersion, and some other things that the Christians stood for, we're going we're gonna to burn you at the stake. And these are true stories. And they built a huge bonfire. And, and uh, they were putting the Christians on the stake and burning them. And all the Christians huddled together and said, they say you're next. Can you just let us know that when you are in the fire, we preach that God's grace is with you everywhere, but can you just let us know, somehow give us a signal that his grace is real even while you're in the fire. And he said, okay. He says, what I'll do is I'll, I'll clap my hands and let you know that I, I can really sense the grace of God. And, and um, if you, those of you that remember that story, such a touching story but they tied him to the stake and the flames began to leap up and he was burning in the fire. His hair was burning. His clothing was burning. His skin began to melt off and all the Christians were looking at each other like, hey, no signal yet 
Oh man, it must be really tough in the flame. But they said, as the story goes, the guy on, on fire picked up two hands and began to clap his hands to let him know the grace of God is still sufficient in the fire. And it is. Do you believe that your God is able today? Our God is able to be with us in the fire. We need to be able to boldly make that statement. If we ever expect to take the burn out of the fire, our God is able. Lastly, probably the more common one is we will not bow. Verse 18. Look in verse 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Listen, O king, we know the consequences of not bowing to your image, but our answer to you is we're just not going to bow. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Not bowing. We don't care if your image is nine inches or 90 feet. We don't care if it's made of gold or clay. We don't care if it makes you mad, you never speak to us again. We don't care if we don't have any friends when this is over. That's a tough one for some people. We don't care if we lose our jobs over this. We decided a long time ago, we will not bow to any other God other than the one and only true God of heaven and earth made it very clear to them. He's done so much for us. How could we forsake him now? Listen, a lot of Christianity today is bowing to worldly pressures to drop godly structure in their homes. And it's very rampant today. Churches are dropping godly guidelines. I'm saying godly guidelines and bowing to the image of popularity and non-offensiveness. And a lot of Christians in an effort to keep from the heat will capitulate and bow to the images of this world all in in an effort to draw a crowd and not be offensive. And while our, our idea should not be to try to be offensive, that's not the idea whatsoever. But if while lovingly, compassionately, passionately preaching the word of God happens to offend somebody in our effort to be pleasing to God, we've got to preach the word. We cannot bow down to the pressures of the world. May God help us to determine today, like the Hebrew children, again, we will not bow down to the designs of this world. We have a book to guide us. We have a savior who died for us, a God who loves us, and a heaven that will receive us. And we will not bow. Please notice how these three godly determinations just took the burn right out of the fire. Nope, not going to give in. We'll throw you in the fire. It's fine. We've made our decision a long time ago. It didn't take the fire away. It just put the Savior in their midst and took the burn out of the fire. So the question is, and I'm done, do you find yourself in a fire today? Do you find yourself at a place in life where life's gotten pretty hard and I'm facing some very difficult circumstances or I have faced some difficult circumstances and I either made decisions or I am about to make some decisions in my life 
that I just can't afford to make a snap decision and, and move away from my God and, and think that I'm going to be afraid of what happens to me if I make this kind of a decision. I, I just want to challenge you today. Throughout the entire Bible are many examples, this just being one of many, that teaches us we can't bow, guys. We, we've got to make a decision. We've got to realize we have a great and a mighty God that can walk us through the fire. Let God take you by the hand and lead you through that fire. And if you're walking today and you say, well, preacher, I'm in a fire, but I don't feel like I have anybody's hand, uh, especially God's. I'm going to tell you, he's here today. God's grace is sufficient for thee. I trust and pray if, if you're going through something, would you be willing to let God work in that circumstance with you, for you today, when we give an invitation here in just a moment? Uh, number two, again, um, it's so good to see many new faces, so many familiar faces, but a lot of new faces, and I don't know everyone. I don't know where you stand with your testimony. If you died today, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Answer the question, if you died today, where will you spend eternity? And if your answer is, well, I hope, and you go on from there, friend, you don't have to hope. You can know without a doubt that Jesus Christ has saved your soul and would take you to heaven today if you would receive him as your personal Savior. We're going to give an invitation here in just a moment. And as we do so, if the Lord has spoken to your heart today, if, if you're a Christian and you need to know that Christ has taken me by the hand and walking me through this fire, or I'm not saved and I would love somebody to be able to take the word of God, show me how to get that settled today. Why, why don't you be willing to do that today, if you would, please? I'm going to ask if you'll just bow your heads with me, our heads bowed and eyes closed. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.